Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. I'm your host, Jose, with me tonight, Brad and Ginny. What's up, guys? What's going on? Not much. Are we sure it's the fifth down, not the fourth down? Any Tom Brady sightings? <laughs> yes. Um, I, I don't know why we don't get an extra down, you know. But you know what? He is taking that, you know, pretty well. He is. I like how he's memeing himself. So, yeah, good on Le- him. The LeBron meme with the four was the best one, though. It was. That was that a was, really good one. It was, it was a good one. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, you have to be able to laugh at yourself sometimes, you know. And he knows that. He just, you know, that was a clear just brain fart. There's no other way to explain it. And I don't even think that it's a thing of him being 43 years old. That's just, you know, it happens. No, it absolutely there, does. I mean, it happened in college. Yeah, and, you know, and bro, outfielders it, sometimes. It doesn't happen to the great ones, though. It only happens to. They think it's the, throw it to the stands. And... It, it, it doesn't happen to the. It only happens well, to the, the scrubs, like J.R. Smith. Ooh. We got another well, ring. That, that is true, but you know what? I do got to give it to Jay. He was so quick to take that jersey off. <laughs> All of them were. <laughs> yeah, he was already shirtless. Ready how about, to dude, how about Rondo's chest, man? I, I didn't know his his chest was that big. I was like, God damn, like, that was impressive. No, he's, you know, he's deceptively strong. He's one of those guys. I think that that's why he's able to go in there and, like, um, finish so strong. He's he's a small guy, but he he's he's well built. Yeah, yeah he's always kept himself and, in and, shape, and uh, you know he puts in the off season work. Facts. And we all know he's gonna get paid this summer or this this off season by the Lakers. Yep, they need to pay him. They need to pay that guy. Yeah, but you know now that, now that we're touching on you know celebrating and stuff, number seventeen, man, it finally came. You know we waited ten long years. And they did it. And, you know, and the fact that they did it on National Father and Daughter Day, I mean, I think that, you know, it's just – it was meant to be. Um, I think it was a game that we knew was over midway through the second quarter. The Lakers just came out and just destroyed Miami. They showed, you know, their their clear dominance. And more than on offense, they did it on defense. The way that they locked down defensively is what won them this uh, game, crucial game six. Um, but yeah, you know, that's why we were, I was talking about a guy like Rondo needing to get paid. He he scored like ten points in a row in the second quarter, and that's when the Lakers really got out ahead big. Um, so I think you know playoff Rondo is a very real thing. Like that guy, he looked like a guy that could, if he wanted to, he could average seventeen, eighteen points a game. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, a great game by the Lakers. Uh, um, it wasn't close after uh, the, the second quarter. And uh, I think LeBron knew that this was his time to shine. And, uh, you know, I, I know he has a lot of haters and he's proven a lot of people wrong. I mean, 28-10 and, uh, I mean, his stat lines, for, uh, you know, for the finals were amazing. And uh, Anthony Davis, I mean, Anthony Davis came clutch. And uh, Rajon Ronda, I mean, I'm happy as a Laker fan that, you know, they won this championship for Kobe and, for Genie and for the city of LA and honestly for 2020 this is this is the best thing that's happened in 2020 and we're in, we're in October absolutely so, yeah I mean and the next thing is a presidential election when Joe Biden wins but other than that I mean 
Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it was, you know, you're sort of glad that the Heat went because they proved that they deserved to be there out of all the teams out east, especially when you rewatch it. It was the Heat or Boston. Everyone else played really mediocre out east. And, you know, LeBron and company, yeah. you know, they, they struggled at times, but they absolutely did enough to win it. Um, you know, just looking forward to next season. You wonder if they're going to struggle in the regular season again and just get it together in the playoffs. Because if there's if there's one thing that's scary about this Lakers team is that they can improve. Um, there is room oh, for absolutely. improvement. Yeah. And, you know, even though there's going to be whack-ass people like Skip Bayless out there that are going to say that the Lakers got lucky, you know, like it's not that they got lucky. It's that they, they were the best team. And we can't speak hypothetically of, oh, could they have gone past the Clippers? It's like, look, man, the Clippers couldn't even get past the fucking Nuggets. So we got to stop with this whole, like, oh, well, if the Clippers would have been there, the Lakers wouldn't have gone through them. The Lakers yeah. didn't have to deal with them because they couldn't even beat the Nuggets. So And, and, and I don't uh, even know uh, if the Lakers, if the Clippers make it, if they would have gotten past the Heat because I don't think they would have. I think the Heat could have taken them in six. Exactly. Especially, especially when you saw what, what, what Jimmy Butler was able to do. I mean, if he did that to the Lakers team, he would have scorched the Clippers and he would have done it for six games. Exactly. You know, Luka Doncic did it on one foot and, and took him to six. Yeah, so I'm not convinced. You know, you can say what ifs all you want, but when you take a look at what the Clippers actually brought to the table – they they wouldn't have matched up very well against Boston or Miami. So, you know what? If if they would have won it, they would have won it. They didn't. So, enough with the hypotheticals. Exactly. And you know what? That guy that's always speaking about hypotheticals is the reason why everybody watches first take and no one watches his whack ass show. <laughs> speaking of the Clippers, they just hired a new coach, uh, Tyrone Lue. What do you guys think? Stupid. That's stupid. Um, the fact I think that it's they- an- yeah. They think that he's a good coach. That's ridiculous. I mean, I know LeBron will defend him because that's his guy. You know, he – but, like, let's be real. He was, like, the assistant coach to LeBron in Cleveland. LeBron was the coach of those teams. And Tyron Lue was just the guy that did not get in his way, that ran the team the way LeBron wanted it run. Yeah, and, and looking at the actual NBA coaching carousel, um, if you take a look at all the good coaches, they like, they – they don't come from the same background as Lou. Take a look at a Spolstra. He started as what, an AV intern, you know, analyzing tape. You, you take a look at, a, at what's his face over in Boston. You know, he has a totally different mentality. Look at Nick Nurse. Look at, uh, look at Vogel. Listen, it's time to expand your search and stop sticking to the same lame coaching hirings because it's not going to get it done. Exactly. And True. and here's the thing. He was Doc Rivers' assistant. If he fired Doc Rivers, you should have fired his whole staff. I mean, what makes him think that Tyron Lewis is going to be any different than, than Doc? Like, unless, you know, it's one of those things where, where, where Doc Rivers was ready to retire and this was the guy that he was preparing to be his, the future coach of the team. I, I mean, I don't really get that idea of like, oh, let's fire the, the head coach, but hire his assistant. I yeah, mean, yeah. that to me just doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't. And, and Doc Rivers wasn't the problem with the team. The, t- the problem was the, the players on the team like Paul George, who didn't command respect from his teammates. And it showed no. during the uh, regular season in the playoffs. I mean, and, uh, you know, this is the Clippers being the Clippers. You know, they, you know, they want to pick a guy who they think they can replace a guy like Doc Rivers. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't see this uh, going well for the Clippers. I mean, you know, like what Brad said, like the, expanding the search. I mean, they need to look at, you know, assistant coaches. They need to look at people on the up, you know, on the upswing rather than, you know, a guy who um, rode LeBron's coattails to win a, a championship. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason why the season after LeBron left, Cleveland did nothing. Like, you know, you look at you, you look at Spolster in Miami. He's a perfect example of a great head coach. LeBron left, you know. Um, Chris Bosh got sick. And Dwayne Wade left. And yet he managed to ne- to keep that team together to the point where they were never so bad that they were not at least in contention for the eighth seed. That's yeah. what a good coach does. He kept that team together. And, I mean, any team that loses LeBron, you know, a guy like LeBron is going to um, be hit hard. And then, you know, the guy that you pay, Chris Bosh, has a career-ending illness that forces him to not be able to play the game that he loves. Those would be easy enough reasons for that team to win 25 games. But that never happened, and that's because they had a great head coach. And that's why I think, you know, when, when you go for guys like, like Ty Lue, no disrespect, Mike Brown, you know, but Mike Brown showed once he went to L.A. that it was not about him being a great head coach in Cleveland. It was about LeBron. Yeah, part of my issue too is like they decided on this so quickly. If you come to this decision after, you know, going through the entire process of trying to find a replacement, then uh, then that's suitable. But they didn't go out there and scout these assistants. You're telling me there wasn't some guy on the Lakers staff, someone from Miami, someone from Boston, you know, someone from the Warriors organization, someone you didn't like that you could have – just sat down and interviewed and see if he was a hit, I guarantee you they would have found someone. Well, it's, you know, like in, uh, in Sacramento, they fired their coach because they thought Luke Walton would be the savior and they regressed with Luke Walton. Yeah. It's true. true. You know, some of these guys, sometimes, you know, they get, it's like the, like the Adam Gases of the world where people just think that they're these like great masterminds of the game and then, you know, they, it's like, how many times do they need to ship the bed in different places for you to finally realize, like, okay, maybe they're not the best head coach, head coaching option. That's true. I, I do like the, um, the rumors about um, Mike D'Antoni joining um, Steve Nash for the Brooklyn Nets. I think that would be a good uh, assistant coach for Steve Nash. I mean. Yeah. Uh, and, and after a year, I think Mike D'Antoni would be able to have good opportunities because, you know, when you look at the jobs left, um, obviously Houston, but that's where he just left. Oklahoma City, not a good option for him. They don't have shooters. Then you you look at um, uh, New Orleans. I don't think it's the best fit for him either. He, I don't, I don't, I don't think his philosophy would work there with Williamson at, at the at the helm as the main player. Um, so, like, the options aren't that great left on the on the coaching carousel. So 
think it would be good for D'Antoni to be an assistant, help out Steve Nash. And I think they could really put together something special in, in New Jersey. I mean, Brooklyn. <laughs> yep, I agree. But what, you know, when we bring up Brooklyn, though, what did you guys think of that comment by Kyrie Irving that he made it sound like, like Steve Nash was almost going to be like their assistant coach? Like, he made it sound like him and Durant were going to be the coaches. I mean, those other 13 guys on the team, I don't think – if I were one of them, I wouldn't take too kindly to one of the other players on the team saying that they're above the coach. I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, again, it's just Kyrie being Kyrie, trying to stay relevant. LeBron goes and wins, you know, his fourth, and he has to say something to stay in the spotlight or, you know, stay relevant even in his market, you know. Otherwise, no one really cares. Um, I think he's just sort of mad that the shine's been taken off of him, and people are paying attention to the head coach more. Especially now that you know, it's it's uh, you know it's out there that the only reason why he came to Brooklyn is because um, Durant said that they were a package deal. He wanted Kyrie wherever he went, but it, it, Brooklyn wasn't necessarily like in love with Kyrie. And that's kind of telling, you know, that I think this guy buys into his own hype a little bit more than league executives do, especially I think his time in Boston really hurt his reputation around the league. It did. And, uh, you know, it showed uh, with his play and how he treated his teammates. And even last year with Brooklyn, I mean, he was calling out his teammates and, and telling, uh, you know, the media that, he wanted, uh, you know, another superstar with KD, you know, that the other players on the team weren't good enough. And I think that's indicative of the type of person he is. And on, and honestly, I mean, you know, I, I hope they make it to the finals and play the Lakers. Uh, and I hope LeBron beats them because that would be epic if oh, they played be each so other. But, you know, at this point in his career, I don't even know if Kyrie is better than Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, he at this point, he hasn't been relevant in a year. I mean, what has he honestly done? Uh, maybe even irrelevant for, you know, two years with Boston because what has he done since then to, to prove that he is still among the best in the league? He hasn't done anything. So, you know, put him where he's at. He's, he's an overrated player in the league right now. That's very true. Yeah, you know, whenever this offseason kicks off, we'll, we'll have to see, wait and see what happens. And we don't even have a start date for next season. So, you know, that, that, that's the other issue. So we're all, you know, now just awaiting the return of the, of the Lakers defending their throne. But now, you know, moving on, um, we do have another sport right now that's in the midst of the postseason. We got, you know, it's the major league baseball playoffs i mean how exciting um you know we got the the rays and the and the and the houston cheaters and then we have the <laughs> the dodgers and the and the braves you know so i mean the braves are up are about to be up 3-1 in that series and the rays are up 3-2 on on houston what do you guys think of a potential atlanta tampa bay world series <sighs> you know i doesn't really strike as, you know, having any appeal whatsoever. You really want a team that's going to put up, you know, 12 
15 in an inning like the Dodgers. But at the same time, I don't want a team like Houston in there who shouldn't have been allowed to compete in postseason play. Um, yeah, and to me, the the real losers here, if if it's it, it it's going to be the you know the actual baseball fans because I um, I feel like they're getting cheated out. Uh, as much as I don't like the Dodgers, I do like the product they put on the field. You know, I would like to see the Yankees out there because I think that they put on uh, a very watchable experience. But you know, aside from that, I'm not really interested. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the Rays roster right now, and I don't know anybody on there. I mean, um, I'm a casual baseball fan or or watcher, and and I watched during the playoffs. And you know, there's been games uh, during this playoffs where I was very entertained, uh, especially with San Diego being relevant again. Um, but you know, with if it's you know the Rays and and the Braves, I mean, I I have no clue who's on either team, and I'll probably watch a game here and there, but. You know what? I'd rather see the the Astros, you know, be in the World Series again. And then, uh, you know, uh, I, if if we could do uh, Astros and Dodgers again, that'd be great. If not, then you know, I'll tune out. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 excited for the possibility of the race being in the World Series. You know, it's a they have one of the lowest payrolls in Major League Baseball, and it's always nice to see that. You know, when things are done the right way, you know, on a team like whenever Tampa Bay is doing well, it never happens because they sign a bunch of one-year guys. They, they do it through their farm system. Um, the guys that they do sign are guys that, you know, have had injury problems or, or like trying to make a comeback. And honestly, they're like, they're like a place where these players go and get rehabilitated and then go get paid big elsewhere. Um, but I mean, in terms of like appeal, it's you know it, it's not going to be a very entertaining World Series. Now, if we get the Dodgers um, in there against the Rays, I think people would watch because it's, it's LA, it's the Dodgers. But Atlanta's another team, you know. Like um, other than Freeman and Acuna, I don't think um, people know many of the players on the roster. Has so, David I Justice? Mean, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, <laughs> Eva Longoria. Who? Longoria. Oh, he. Re- I think he he's either in San Francisco or he's retired. I know that I think uh, he's in the on the on the Giants. Traded. Yeah, he's he's on a different team now. But that that's the yeah, last person I know tra- from the Rays. Yeah. So, yeah, he was like a guy that he was like the guy that Tampa Bay paid. But then you know, um, once he started the decline, San Francisco was like, oh, we'll take his big contract, and so. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco also did that with uh, um, McCutcheon, Hunter Pence back in the day. Yeah, guys, so they, fill, they're they're known to take on. Fill me in on uh, Kershaw. Why why does he struggle in in the postseason like this? Uh, he's a Clippers fan, I think. <laughs> yeah, and you know, much like Paul George, you know, I think that. Um, they uh they're kind of lacking something between the legs <laughs> yeah, you know uh uh they uh they, they lack something that gives you that you know intestinal fortitude in the in the in the hard times you know the they they're kind of soft like jelly you know there so um but yeah when 
when, the, when it comes to the tough times, they, they don't step up. Yeah, you know, sort of like how playoff basketball is different than regular season and, you know, and playoff football defense is completely different from regular season. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same thing that can be said about pitching in the majors. It's a totally different ball game because hitters really step it up a notch and, you know, they're just out there to get on base. Yeah, you know, like that's why Kershaw, when he has his own start in the postseason, he'll struggle. But if they're if it's like on two days rest and, and their starter like um, Darvish in the World Series gets trenched for uh, five, five runs in the first inning, then of course, you know, Kershaw can come in stress-free and pitch five scoreless innings because – the the like the other guys are already the one that fucked up so the you know the the pressure's off of him so he come in and just be himself mm-hmm. but when the when the pressure's on him when it's zero zero and it's the postseason yeah there there is no such thing as um postseason Kershaw you know he uh yeah he's different and it's like um it will Alex Rodriguez for so many years until they finally won until he finally won with New York in two thousand and nine. Alex Rodriguez was known for his choke jobs in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And he, he finally had to get over the hump to prove people wrong. And the perception of him changed until he had that whole steroid scandal towards the end of his career. Um, it's going to be the same thing with Kershaw. Until he doesn't lead them to a World Series title, it's not enough for them to get to the NLCS anymore. They need to win a World Series, and he needs to, he needs to show up. Or else he's always going to be known as a regular season guy. Damn. That sucks. Yeah, and then, you know, and and that's what sucks too. You know, it's game four. Now, you know, you, you're probably not going to have him available tomorrow. And it's a do or die situation. You know, who 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 are you going to trust with handing the ball to? You know, is it gonna is it is it the is is Bueller gonna be available? You know, is um who who is gonna be available for them that can give them that that shutout performance that they're gonna need? They're gonna need to be perfect. Because if they go down by three runs tomorrow, it's over. Like at that point, you know, it's in the back of their minds, they're down three one. Atlanta's a team that when they go up, they rarely lose the lead. And it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a long day for LA if they go down early. But now, you know, moving on to more, you know, more uh, NFL talk. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he is no longer uh, a New York Jet. I'm sure, you know, he got on his knees and he thanked the Lord that he could be freed from that, um, from the albatross of a, of a football franchise. And now it seems like he's going to sign with uh, Kansas City. What do you guys think? Um, you know, you sort of have to view it from two lenses. You, with with the Kansas City Chiefs, it obviously makes their roster their roster better. Um, you know, sort of fill in the deficiencies that uh, Ceh has had in the goal line. I I I think you know they're going to come out and give teams more problems than they already pose. And the other lens you have to look at it is Bell hasn't been relevant in two years. Um, if you take, if you honestly take a look at how he played in, in the Jets, getting that much volume, you should be much better if you're an elite back. He wasn't, um, you know, 
he's it's almost like he's sponsored by head and shoulders because this dude is washed at this point. Yeah. Yeah, he um he hasn't been good since the you know, two two thousand seventeen. And um two thousand nineteen he had a decent year, sixty six catches, uh four hundred and sixty one yards uh, receiving, 789 yards rushing, but that's on 245 attempts. So yeah, I mean, very inefficient. Yeah, super inefficient. If you look at his um, his uh, 2014 year, um, he had 290 attempts and 1,361 yards. So I mean, it's it, it's one of those things where he, I, I think he's blaming the situation for him him not being. Um, as good as he was before. Uh, but in reality, I mean, the guy has a lot of carries under his belt. And I mean, even though he took 2018 off, I, I, I think he's, he, I think he's a decent player still, but I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is still going to be the guy. I mean, they invested a first round pick in him. And um, you know, at the end of the day, Le'Veon Bell is, is he's going to want to get paid. You know, he, he, you know, he got paid by the jets and, you know, stole pretty much 28 million from them. And now, you know, this is a prove it season pretty much for him. And uh, hopefully being a Clyde Edwards, Hilaire fantasy owner, like Brad, I mean, hopefully they, you know, they have that Nick Chubb and, uh, um, and uh, cream hunt uh, split, but uh, Kansas city is a passing team. So I don't, I don't see that. I think Le'Veon will serve as a pass catching back in Kansas city. Um, but I think, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is still a clear number one option. I think um, setting out the 2018 season actually hurt Bell. I think um, missing a whole year of football, just missing a whole year of being in, being between the trenches, like practicing all of that. I mean, sure, you could say um, it gave him a chance to heal up, but you know, I, it just seems like from the moment he signed with the Jets, he did it for the money. His heart wasn't in it. Just it seems like. To me, it seems like he doesn't want to play football anymore. It seems like he's doing it for the money at this point. But I just I, – I don't think that he – I don't see that same passion in his eyes that he had in Pittsburgh. And um, I uh, – you know, it, it just – it seems like it'll be kind of like LaShawn McCoy when he went to Kansas City. He'll They'll have moments, you know, they'll have games where they might get a couple touchdowns because – I mean, let's be real, Mahomes, you know, he's like Santa Claus. He just dishes it out, you know. You better be ready because he, he's like Santa Claus. He'll give it to you. So that he'll have his game or two, but, I mean, I, will, I don't think he's going to go back to being Le'Veon Bell of Pittsburgh. Yeah, and let's not forget that, um, you know, before the season started last year, LaShawn McCoy was picked up, and they were always a, a you know, a multi-backfield to begin with. And that was the plan moving forward. Um, they drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire with Damian Williams on the roster. Um, him opting out due to COVID, I think, really, really took some wind out of their sails and they had to reevaluate. And when this opportunity, you know, came in front of them, it, you know, this is what they wanted to do. This two-back system lets them fill that. Um, they, they don't lose a lot. They don't have to make the investment in him. The Jets have already done that. And for, you know, Love Bell, he has to go out and prove that he's worthy of another contract if he wants to get another payday. True, true. And Pittsburgh is, Pittsburgh is the real winners here. I mean, 
especially getting rid of uh, Le'Veon and, and Antonio Brown. Everyone thought they were crazy for doing that. But look at them now. I mean, you know, they're, they're still bad. They're still relevant. Not- they're still good. I mean, they, you know, they, re- they replace those skill position players with, you know, good or better position players that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, Pittsburgh is, is definitely the winner. Mike Tomlin uh, knew what he was doing. Yeah, you know, and um, I was just going to add that Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell both said that Ben Roethlisberger was a problem, but both of them are gone, and Pittsburgh doesn't have any issues in the locker room. So I don't think Ben Roethlisberger was a problem. I think those two guys just, they, they for some reason, they, they thought they were owed more respect or more this or more that. And, you know, I'm sorry, but whenever you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, like Ben Roethlisberger, you need to understand no one in that franchise is going to have more respect than, than that guy. The, cause it, that's why you have a franchise quarterback because they have to be the franchise's number one priority because they're the ones that take you to the Super Bowl. And I think these two guys, they just, they never quite bought into that concept. They, they wanted to be the, the most talked about in town and, you know, yep. they're gone, and and Pittsburgh's more than happy. And so. just bringing it back to Love Bell, you know, it's sort of funny when the three teams that were announced that he was considering, um, you know, um, Miami, the Bills, Kansas City. Who's he got on the roster this week? The Buffalo Bills. Who's he got on the roster, you know, on the game plan after that? I believe it's Miami. And then – he gets to go and visit Adam Gase and those winless Jets again and, you know, stick it to him. So it sort of looked like a troll job from, from, from Bell. Um, so these next three games for Kansas City are very interesting. Yeah. We'll have to, you know, we have to wonder if he's going to suit up this weekend. I don't see it. I don't see it too. Yeah, maybe he'll come out for, you know, five, ten plays, but – I think he still has to work into the system. Yeah, and and you know, especially with a system like Patrick with Patrick Mahomes behind center, it's not an easy system to run. So it'll definitely take some adjusting. And you have you have to wonder how much sacrifice is he willing to do? Because you know, when you play with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you have to understand like sometimes your best job in the game is gonna be to block for him. Make sure you know, you keep him upright. So is he willing to make that sacrifice? I think he, I think he will. I think he has everything to lose in this one. Um, you know, this, this could very well be his last shot um, on a relevant team. Yeah, you know, and now moving on to this weekend's games, you know, we have some, we have some really good games on tap. Um, beginning with uh, the Washington football team. At the winless Giants, something's got to give there. I mean, they could something. tie, but something's got to give. One of those two teams, by law, has to – they either have to tie or they have to win. They can't both this – is, This is one of the Trevor Lawrence Bulls right here early on in the season. And you know what? I mean, I think the Giants are going to win because the Washington football team, you know, they don't have a quarterback – their defense, their back end of their defense is shit. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not scoring. So, I mean, at least with the Giants, they were competitive with the Cowboys last week. And, uh, um, 
I honestly don't see Washington winning this game. And, and, and being a Washington fan, I hope they lose because I want Trevor Lawrence. I want a quarterback, you know, that, uh, that, that will uh, be the quarterback for 10 years. I'm tired of RG3. I'm tired of Dwayne Haskins. I'm tired of all these guys coming in like a revolving door. Jason Campbell, Alex Smith, you know, Kirk Cousins. You know, we haven't had a stable quarterback since, you know, the, the 1990s. Yeah, in reviewing this game, while Washington may not have a lot going offensively, they do have 12 men out on the field because Mr. Jones likes to give the football away. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Washington, if Washington's defense scores more points than both teams. I would not be surprised, especially with that front line. Um, I think that they could pose some real problems and they can be very opportunistic. Um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be a very interesting game. Yeah, and like I said, something's got to give, you know. One of those t- two teams likely has to win. Um, and, you know, you also have to look at the Giants defense. It, it actually caused some turnovers last weekend against uh, Dallas. So you have to wonder if – Maybe it'll be the defenses that get the scores, you know? It's going to be an ugly one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Then, you know, we have the game of the week. It's uh, Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Maybe, uh, maybe, a pre- maybe a preview of the NFC Championship game. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago when this was referred to as the, uh, the Bay of Pigs game because both franchises were going through a, a rough period. But, hey, now you got two goats on the other, on the other ends. That there's definitely more going on for Green Bay. I think there's still questions that Tampa Bay has to answer. But you can't put the blame on Tom Brady because he's definitely showed up. I think you have to put the blame on the rest of that team. Yeah, you know, um, they have three running backs, but none of them seem to be able to catch. Um, so, you know, one of those guys has to step up. I mean, Ronald Jones has been the most consistent runner, but man, has he been atrocious as a pass catching back. He, I mean, I don't know what he needs to do. Put some, like, I don't know, put something on those fingers. Like, cause you know, like he can't hold on to the ball when Tom Brady throws it to him. And we know Tom Brady loves his, his, uh, running backs to be able to catch out of the backfield. I mean, you think Kevin Falk, you think Sean Vereen, you think James White, like, that is what Tom Brady likes in his running back. And if these guys can't catch the ball, he'll have the franchise go find somebody that can. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want them to play that Aaron, uh, that Michael Jordan commercial again uh, that they played last year. Uh, but, you know, th- this is the Aaron Rodgers that everybody is talking about. You know, I'm the biggest Aaron Rodgers hater, and I f- I'm on this guy's bandwagon right now because he is playing lights out. I feel like he's the MVP right now. Um, and, you know, he has that team uh, playing well. I mean, and that, that defense is doing a great job as well. Uh, but I think this is Tampa's prove-it game that, you know, they're the big, bad NFC team. Um, and and I, I, I could see them definitely winning this game. Um, but it's, it's definitely going to be close. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady is always good. And uh, I'm excited to watch it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited. Um, Hopefully, we have Chris Godwin back, too. Yeah, for sure. You know, we got Houston at Tennessee. I mean, who would have thought Tennessee would be 4-0? I mean, you know, they 
they were good last year, but I mean, we had a lot of questions about whether they could be that team again this year, especially with Ryan Tannehill, you know, um, we, we, a lot of us thought he was just a one hit wonder, but no, he clearly, you know, he was just in a really bad system in, in, in Miami because he is clearly a pretty good quarterback when given a chance. And Tennessee just continues to play solid on both ends of the field. They, they, the, the juicy Junie, what, what, um, what Derrick Henry did to, to Josh oh Norman. Jay, no. Oh my God. The, the memes were hilarious about that. I mean, uh, Tex or Titans. I mean, they're, they're a tough team. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is, is that quarterback that, you know, that gets drafted high and, and, and people sleep on him and, you know, he goes to the Titans and now he's having, uh, you know, a career, you know, a couple of years. And I mean, they have a running back, you know, they have a defense, uh, they have wide receivers, they have a tight end. This team is legit and they're, they're, they're freaking scary. So, I mean, um, this is definitely going to be a good game. Yeah. And, you know, uh, after last season, I, I know there are definitely a lot of questions asked about Tannehill and the contract he received, but Going into this season, you know, he's proved that he was worth every penny. In fact, you know, when you start taking a look at stats at the last 14 games played, his stats are very comparable to uh, Patrick Mahomes, and everyone speaks highly of him. So it just speaks a lot to how how efficient this team is. Um, they really like to set up play action, and that really leads everything. When Derek, when When Henry's cooking, it sets up that passing game. And I think that's what you've seen, what what you saw, and you know, in the Buffalo Bills defense, they're not as good as they were last year. So, you know, they they did start start off hot, but clearly not the case. And in Houston versus Tennessee, you know, Houston sort of fired up with no more Bill O'Brien, but I think Tennessee is going to be too much. And you know, can we just take a moment and talk too about? Um... How great of a head coach Bill Belichick is. You know, you look at the job Mike Vrabel is doing in, in Tennessee. You look at the job Brian Flores is doing in Miami. You look at how sought after Josh McDaniels is throughout the NFL. I mean, I mean, we can't we can't talk yet about Joe Judge, you know, because he, he's in his first year in uh in New York and we have to see if, you know, he can turn that franchise around in year two. You even look at um, Patricia in, uh, in, in Detroit. You know, I think Detroit, they've had a lot of injuries, but he's had them hang in there, you know. They're two and three, you know, so they're, they're better than people expected. Um, and th- these are all guys, you know, that came from that, that Bill Belichick coaching tree. And even Romeo Cornell back, um, a while back when he got a head coaching opportunity. So, you know, it, it definitely shows the greatness of Bill Belichick. Yeah, but let, let, let's not get it confused. There's definitely been, been some stinkers from his coaching tree. Um, like Bill need O'Brien. I remind everyone about Charlie Weiss? Oh, yeah. Yes, and yes. Already- let's, let's all remember what a wonderful coach he was. So, for you now? I, I don't know, um, but... For every product that Bill Belichick has put out, you know, he's put out some real stinkers out there that you shouldn't affiliate with him. That's why I didn't mention Charlie Wise. <laughs> well, I did. I think Bill Belichick has blocked his number two. 
<laughs> you know, moving on, we we have the the Cincinnati Bungles at the Indianapolis Colts. Next. Yeah, uh, interesting game because we've seen what Joe Burrow does against top tier defenses, and Indianapolis Nothing. has proven to be a top defense, extremely revamped. Um, you know, we saw what Baltimore did to Joe Burrow. Uh, they damn near almost skunked that team. Um, so we'll see if the rookie shows out or what exactly happens with Cincinnati. You know, he's going to do what rookies do on bad teams, turn it over. I mean, he's going to try to make plays happen. And unfortunately, you know, guys just aren't getting open. A.J. Green is is hurt. Like, he he's not – He's not 100%. He's trying to fight through it. He doesn't want to miss a whole second season, you know. But he's just – he's not okay right now. And I feel bad for the guy because, you know, he's a future Hall of Famer. Um, he's a loyal guy, you know. He's saying he doesn't want to be traded. But he's he just – he looks like, you know, he's a step slower out there. And Higgins actually looks like they're, they're number two right now behind Boyd. So, you know, you have to wonder – how that's going to hit the ego, you know, with uh, A.J. Green. He's been used to being the clear number one for years. Yeah, he he does not look the same. I mean, he's getting no separation. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, dropping balls. I mean, he's definitely hurt. And I feel like, you know, he needs to, you know, reevaluate, you know, his body and, uh, you know, rest and, 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 and let these injuries heal because he's not benefiting the team. I mean, Joe Burrow, you know, had a very tough game last week versus Baltimore. And I think he has a better game this week, but you know, Colts are, are, you know, top five defense right now. And I feel like that's such a bad matchup for him, but I think he has a definitely a better game, but I, I, I don't see it going their way. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the thing with AJ green is um, we all saw the writing on the wall with T Higgins being drafted. I just don't think anyone expected it to come this soon. You know, we thought it was going to happen by the end of the year, you know, week 12, week 14. We didn't see it coming in week four. Yeah. You know, that's why the, the play, the play calling needs to be just one simple way in Cincinnati. Just give it to Higgins. Uh, Boyd. Boyd. Give it to Boyd, bro. Come on. Boyd and let him run it. If you're trying to get, pressure off of you know off of the rookie you definitely got to no, you gotta that put a game. lot of pressure on the rookie okay you gotta give it to the <laughs> other rookie Boyd does not drop balls he's a guy who catches everything that comes his way so that's his safety blanket right there yeah and you know moving on to this next game it's one that we expected to be a uh, between two playoff contenders but instead it's a winless falcons at a one and four vikings team you know a one and four vikings team that should be two and three okay can you guys please explain to me why in the blue hell did minnesota not kick the field goal on fourth and one there was like two minutes left in the game and if they thought that there was no way that Russell Wilson could lead the, the Seahawks down the field, then they are sorely mistaken. They have never seen how clutch Russell Wilson is. Please, Brad, explain to me. You like to focus on stats and numbers and all, the, and all that sure, stuff. Sure, sure. So, so at that point in the game, I think that 
they, they came to the realization that Russell Wilson was going to drive them. They were going to tie it and they were likely going to win in overtime. Um, if you take a look at the, the actual stats, the, the percentages, had they converted, the chances that they would have won the game were 95%, 95, 97%. Had they not converted, it would have dropped 12%. Obviously they lost, but they were fine with it being decided on that fourth down play. Um, Because ultimately I, I think that they knew that if they did go and score, you know, unless were, it was a touchdown, just, unless it was a touchdown, they weren't going to win. The, Even if they kicked kicked a field goal, they knew they weren't going to win. Oh, but you have to think too, though. Seattle would have had to go down the field, score a touchdown, and get a two-point conversion. Isn't that still better than taking your chances with a five-point lead? No, because at that point they're 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 looking at it for the win. They're they're not just looking at a field goal. They're actually looking at the touchdown. They're they're playing to win the game on on that series. Convert, kill clock, get a touchdown, put the game away. Well then why if they, they kicked a field goal, they were still gonna lose. Well then riddle me this. Madsen had come in the game, run it up and down. Why did they bring Boone in the game? Because change the pace back. I mean, you have to spell back. Unfortunately, that's just when it came. I don't know, Brad. I think that's why they're one and four. I, I just, I would take my chances being up eight personally. Because yeah. I, I know that I have a Hall of Famer on the other side about ready to lead his team down the field. Exactly. He's going to get that. Touchdown yeah, he. I, I think that was the right move for them, especially being um, one and three at, at the time. They wanted to uh, they wanted to have the game in their hands and they, you know, they thought on their head, hey, you know what, if, if we get this, convert this first down, the game's over. Or, you know, if we don't get it, then they have to drive the field. Um, they have to drive uh, 99 yards. So it's one of those things where I, th- I think they – they had the right idea, but the execution wasn't there. I mean, you know, Seattle's defense isn't the same as it was, you know, in the Legion of Boom era. And, you know, they're, you know, the, the linebacker made a great play to stop, you know, him from converting that uh, fourth down. So um, I like the move from Minnesota. I feel like, you know, they were going up against a hot team and, you know, they wanted to win the game and it just didn't go their way. Minnesota's another one of those teams like the Chargers. They just, they find ways to ways to lose their games yeah and you know hindsight being 2020 it's easy to say that that was the wrong call but you know with certain quarterbacks it doesn't matter if it's eight points 14 points 10 points they were going to get as many points as they need and you know had they converted we'd all be talking about what a great decision it was by by you know the minnesota vikings i mean yeah one in three i would have absolutely made the same call because you could have turned your season around. If you don't, oh, well, you got another loss. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But now, you know, they sit at that unfortunate mark of one and four. But the good news is they have the Falcons coming to town. <laughs> so I guess there is a silver lining. Um, we finally get to see the Broncos at the Patriots. It seems like that game should have been played three weeks ago. It does. Do we have Cam Newton back? 
Uh, Cam Newton suited up. He was in pads. Was in practice, Same thing. Yeah, yeah with, Stephen, with Stephon Gilmore. So it should be an interesting game. Um, well, they, you know, they need to make sure they keep him healthy because they clearly do not have a backup. <laughs> yeah. This much we know. I mean, and whoever the, thought that Jared Sinem was a future, man, they do not know football. That guy is a stinker. Um, on, on the Denver side, uh, Drew Locke is back. So I, th- I think that's promising for Bronco fans. And uh, um, He's a good quarterback. He's, he's, I think he's really good. I think he has a, the potential to be a franchise quarterback. And, but he has to stay on the field. Yeah, you know, he has to stay on the field. He, he keeps getting hurt. So, you know, it kind of reminds me of like Jake Locker back in the day with Tennessee. You know, he's a, he a decent quarterback, but he just couldn't stay healthy. So you just got to hope with this guy that, you know, he can stay on the field. I mean, you can't prove that you're a franchise quarterback if you can't stay on the field. So hopefully, you know, he, he can play the, play out the rest of the season and the Broncos can show some improvement. Then we have Ravens at the Eagles. Man, those sorry Eagles, man. They just – they're another team that just find ways to lose their games. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've been in every single game that they've lost so far this season, all three of them. And the tie. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, I feel like they're going to win at the division still, though. I mean, um, they're banged up right now. Uh, Carson Wentz is actually, you know, playing better. And, um, I mean, this is a chance for them to, you know, get back, you know, to, uh, you know, to winning. But, I mean, Baltimore's tough. They're their favorite, uh, minus seven and a half. Um, and it's it's one of those games where you know they have to really lean on Carson Wentz to make plays, and um, I just don't see that happening. I mean, it's it's the Ravens are tough right now, and uh, you know they're playing well on defense, and uh, you know Lamar Jackson is uh, uh, getting his groove back. Yeah, I see it the same way. Um, you know, Baltimore, while they've been they haven't been as efficient as last year, they should still have enough of a football team to to, you know, get the win over Philadelphia, it might come down to a field goal because, you know, Philly played Pittsburgh pretty tough. When you actually take a look at the game, they, they gutted it out. And Philly could very well do the same thing against Baltimore. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to have enough to pull out the W. Yeah. And I think it's a trap game for, for Baltimore. I think Philadelphia is going to win this game. I think um, – you know, sometimes you, you look at records and then you think, oh, you know, we're we're above this team. And I think it's easy for Baltimore to possibly overlook Philadelphia. So I think Philadelphia is going to surprise Baltimore in this game and they're going to they're going to take them down. Um, we have uh, Browns at the Steelers. This is going to be a good one. Browns are playing really good football. Steelers are playing really good football. They don't like each other. So we know it's going to be, you know, hard hitting, um, especially after what happened last year. You know, Garrett's back uh, playing against Pittsburgh. So, I mean, it's going to be a really good game. Yeah. Um, when you take a look at both teams, um, defensively, you know, Pittsburgh, they get after the quarterback. Um, Cleveland, they really give up air yards and offensively. It's, they're two totally different teams. One likes to run the ball, extremely run dominant. And the other one is a pass-happy team. 
So it's going to be a really interesting matchup because, hey, you know what? The division's now a three-horse race. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you got Baltimore and Cleveland at 4-1, and one, and you have Pittsburgh at 4-0. and oh. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for uh, Cleveland to run on uh, on Pittsburgh. Um, I think this is a game where Baker Mayfield has to make plays with his arm, which he can. Um, but I, I think this is where, you know, that OBJ connection, if if they want to win, you know. They have to go to OBJ. They got to go to OBJ. At I least mean. three touchdowns, you know. Like, let's get at least, you know, nine or ten receptions. Like, you know. Um, three touchdowns and a throwing touchdown. Exactly. Based off of what I saw last week, um, Baker was really missing his targets. You can't do that against this team. They're going to capitalize and make you pay for it. Um, if I'm Cleveland, I'm just going to run the ball and really minimize the damage uh, that Baker can do and let my running game set up the passing game. And the other question is um, OBJ and, and, and Landry, they're coming in banged up, you know, one with a sickness and the other one mispractice. So we don't really know who they're, what their wide receiving core is going to look like. Right. You know, they, they paid Austin Hooper all that money. It is. Maybe it's time to, to look his way a little more, you know. Um, we also have um, Chicago at um, Carolina. That's a That's another interesting game. You know, two teams that are – um, overachieving a bit from expectations. Um, Chicago is a team that has kind of been shaky at the quarterback position, but the defense has been really solid. And Carolina, they've been they've been a pleasant surprise. Teddy Bridgewater proving that he belongs. Yeah, the um, the Panthers are playing well. Uh, they're less predictable with um, Christian McCaffrey out. Mike Davis has been you know very good at that running back position. Uh, Roby Anderson is 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 clearly their number one, um, and uh, you know they're they're playing well, and you know they they have uh, Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. So um, I'm not surprised that their their offense is playing well. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to look like when Christian McCaffrey when when he comes back. I think that's going to be very interesting how they play. Uh, but in regards to this week, I think. Um, you know, this is going to be a um, a, a, a close game. I, th- I think Chicago can minimize, you know, the Panthers on offense. And, um, you know, it, it's up to Nick Foles to make some plays. And um, Montgomery had a, a great week last week. And I feel like he's key for them to, um, you know, to, to, to win uh, this week. Yeah, and I mean, just piggybacking off of that further, um, Carolina – is atrocious against running backs. If, Dev, if you have Devin Montgomery, play him because he's going to get into the end zone at least once, maybe even more. And when you actually take a look at his production, he's seeing he's seeing more catches out of the backfield. I mean, his past two week were, weeks were career-high receptions for him. So it's definitely one that they're going to continue to exploit. And Chicago... They're really going to neutralize that air attack. I think they've only allowed one uh, passing touchdown on the whole season, and that was to Mike Evans. I don't see, you know, Roby or DJ Moore getting anywhere near the end zone. If they're going to get it done, it's going to be off of a Teddy Bridgewater run or from Mike Davis leaking out in the backfield. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, just adding on to that, 
Joe Brady and Eric Bieniemy should be the number one targets for a lot of um, these teams that will have head coaching vacancies after the season, whether it's the Jets, the Falcons, um, the Texans. They all got to look at those two guys. I mean, just look at how solid both of those offenses are. Uh, you know, and rounding out the games on Sunday, Lions at the Jaguars. All right, um, next. <laughs> uh, pump your brakes. I actually really like this matchup because two horrible defenses, two great offenses. DJ I Chark. mean, you have Shark, you have Minshew. They don't get enough respect. They can put up points. You have Stafford, who isn't getting the same kind of respect as he was last year, and that offense is going to put up points. Kenny Galladay is a gamer. Yeah, yeah. he is. He is. I, I, I think the combined or implied point total combined between, for both teams was somewhere in the neighborhood of 55. I think both teams could very well put up 30, and this could be one of those instant classics. But, you know, I, I, and I really think it's going to be a coming out party for DeAndre Swift. <laughs> you know, it, it could very well happen, although I'd, I really hope so. It <laughs> might also be Marvin Jones. When you take a look at his yeah, three Marvin, touchdown Marvin games. Marvin Jones might be Yeah, in line when you take a look at his three touchdown games, game. he shows up out of nowhere. No one expected it. No one started him. He gets three touchdowns. He's the hot ad in the waiver wire, and he's going to skunk you the next week. <laughs> this, is, this is set up for Marvin Jones. Yeah, I'm good, man. I, I tried <laughs> and failed miserably. Such a I waited on it weeks and weeks. Um, Jets at the Dolphins. So, you know, over or, under, over or under that the Dolphins won by 30. Over, because Fitzmagic is the quarterback. I that dude see, is I he's balling right now. He's, up like 45. He's you know, balling right now. I'm sure Miami was hoping to be able to start Tua by now, but they can't because no. Patrick is playing so well. They they got to ride Fitzpatrick. I mean, they're two and three right now. The AFC East is you know up for grabs, and I I think they have to ride you know um, Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's he's been hot. You know, he's he's playing smart. They, they could definitely get a wild card spot, man. Like I don't know why they can't compete for the wild card. I mean, I definitely think they're – I think they're pretty even this year with New England. Yeah. Yeah. um, I mean, I'm coining this game as the Adam Gase Bowl. Um, You know, one team is clearly better without Adam Gase and the other one absolutely atrocious. Um, It's magic. He has this habit of not showing up on games where when people expect him to. I don't think this is the game. I think it's a revenge game, and I think he absolutely lights them up. And, you know, hopefully Fitzmagic can perform some more Harry Potter magic and get Adam Gase fired. <laughs> uh, I think they can be on 15, and Gase will still be on that team. It seems like they're not going to fire him until after the season. Hey, I was they- wrong on, uh, on Quinn. They fired him, so I'm holding out. Adam Gase or- will be fired on Sunday night. He will be gone. Oof. But then we won't, take. Get, Spicy. We, won't, Spicy. we won't get we won't get any more of his uh weird facial expressions and post game conferences. <laughs> hey, Brett. maybe Lev Bell will like the Jets Twitter post when they announce that they fired him. Greg you know? Williams will be the interim coach. 
But you know the the, the 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 NFL is so ass backwards though. I can see Adam Gase having a new head coaching job next offseason. No. No way. That's it's how it is. It's like, no. you know, you, you know, Man. I didn't see how he got the Jets job. It could very well happen. I am I mean, hoping I could, that I no could, one I could, no. falls I, for it. I could see Houston being like, you know what? This guy looks like the guy to lead our franchise for the next five years. How great would it be if he went to Atlanta? Like, how great would that be? Would be great as a Bucks fan because we know that. (laughs) That's two wins right there. (laughs) Um, You would see that whole offense leave. We've seen what Gase does. Um, Calvin Ridley be gone. Julio would be gone. Matt Ryan, you know, he's probably going to retire if that move happens. Yeah. I pray that it doesn't happen. Hopefully, you know, for the good of football, just much like Jeff Fisher, this guy should be exiled from – Just be coach. a coordinator. Just be a coordinator, please. Imagine if, if the, the Falcons go winless this year and they get Trevor Lawrence, right? And Trevor Lawrence gets Julio Jones and Calvin Cal- Ridley. How amazing would that be? You know, it could very well happen. Um, in reading all the reports, the, the next coach and GM are going to have their pick on players that they want to keep. I don't see how you can replace those two guys. They could very well try and get more picks for them, but, you know, you're not going to find Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley off the street. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you just you can't replace that. No. But it would absolutely be great. I mean, he he would light it up in year yeah. one. He is gonna light it up. He's he's that dude who makes people better. He doesn't. He he's like Rogers. He doesn't need, you know, first round picks to to play well. He he just makes people better. Devontae Adams became Devontae Adams because he had a quarterback like uh, Aaron Rodgers. True. Yep. You know, Greg Jennings. He was great with Aaron Rodgers. The moment he got traded to Minnesota, he struggled. Right. You know, same thing with Donald Driver. All these guys, they made a name for themselves because Jordy, Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Jordy Nelson, same thing. He went to the Raiders and, you know, had a for I mean, he had an okay year, but nothing like what he performed yeah. in Green Bay. Jordy was a fantasy monster when he was playing. Oh yeah. He was tearing it up. He definitely was, and you know, I'm sure I'm sure Rodgers misses his buddies, you know, but he he's got a solid group of guys right now. Um, he just, you know, Devontae Adams needs to stay healthy, you know, when he's healthy, and Rodgers needs to just look his way. That's true. He he just has to throw it up. So yeah, and you know, Sunday Night Football, we have the Rams at the 49ers. Oof. You know, Brad, um, do you guys have like? Um, a hospital attached to Levi Stadium? Um, I hope so. I hope that, you know, whatever whatever juju curse they have going on. I mean, how many you know, guys hopefully, you... hopefully it ends soon. Um, how many yeah, players is, are Um, Defensive line. I mean, we just lost Ziggy Anza. Um, so we can't keep anyone healthy on the line. And, you know, it's just unfortunate circumstances. Um, but, you know, next man up, we'll see what we can do. Um, is Jimmy G going to play? I think they're going to have to reevaluate the high ankle sprain. Um, you know, you don't want him taking hits from Eric, from Donald. You do not want yeah. that. Oof. 
Yeah, that's going to be a tough game for them. You know, Jimmy G just needs to stop hanging out with so many porn stars and he needs to, like, you know, concentrate on playing football. You know, he's been locked down this whole time. Um, I I don't know if that's a problem. Uh, I think it might be something in the head. Could be between the ears. It seems mental with him, you know. It it doesn't seem like it's the ankle, because I'm sorry, but that guy is tough. He's played with ankle injuries before. He's played through pain and still been, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like the Super Bowl is still hanging over him. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, it's clear that with, with Kyle Shanahan and the way he likes to run that offense, he really likes to move the pocket, and he's just not moving fast enough or moving how Kyle wants him to. So if they got to bench him, bench him. They'll come up with a game plan. Yeah, and, and that defense, you know, is banged up right now. And I feel like if that defense was there, they would be there to bail him out. And he 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 doesn't have that. You know, and it's unfortunate because he, you know, he's he's a decent player. He's he's a serviceable serviceable quarterback, you know, who who can make plays. But I mean, when you lose Joey Bosa, you know, Solomon Thomas, um, Richard Sherman, uh, you know, your your defense is so thin right now that you you know when you're behind in games and you turn over the ball, it, it's hard to win. Absolutely, you know, they he's used to the defense um, having them out out front, you know, with the two touchdown lead. And right now, you know, his running backs have been hurt. His defense has been hurt. So all eyes have been on him. And I, I think it's been, it's been tough on him. So, I mean, it's a, it's a must win for San Francisco. For sure. Um, yeah. Especially and- with the slate of games coming up, just like, you know, I indicated on the last podcast, but yeah, that secondary has been torched. Uh, Brian Allen was absolutely exposed for, for multiple touchdowns by, you know, Preston Williams, uh, Devontae Parker. I mean, they they just torched him. And you look at L.A. and they may do the exact same thing. Yeah. And then, you know, we have a doubleheader on Monday. Another week uh, with doubleheader Monday. Kansas City at Buffalo. That's going to be a really good one. And then Arizona at Dallas. That's going to be another shootout. Yeah, Casey and Buffalo. I mean, that's the you know the class of the AFC right there. I mean, uh, Buffalo um, didn't play well on uh, on Tuesday, and no. you know this could be a bounce back game for them. Uh, same thing yeah. with the Chiefs. The Chiefs lost to the Raiders, and Josh Allen um, has struggled the last two games. He he has, and you know, and and um, at the same time, I mean, uh, with Kansas City. Uh, losing to the Raiders, I, th- I think that's why they got Le'Veon Bell because they, you know, they're like, man, like the Raiders never beat us like this, and now they beat us. So it, it's definitely going to be a, a good game, and uh, you know, I, I definitely like having two games on Monday. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah, you know? the weird thing about this game is that this one's at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard. So for a lot of people, they're going to be at work or on their lunch break, probably tuning in. They're going to be. Gonna um, be going- sick early i'm not yeah Yeah, i I think with this game um what we've learned is that the buffalo secondary can absolutely be torched you take a look at what the rams were able to do against them and you take a look at what tennessee was able to do against them um they might be down semi watkins but you have a a really boom like player in uh, miko hardman that could show up and they're probably going to have some things scripted up for him. I wouldn't be surprised if Luff Bell had something scripted up for him, maybe three plays, uh, just to get him on the field. 
um, Kansas City is going, going to really exploit that secondary. And I hope it's a shootout because, you know, Josh Allen, he's one of those guys that if we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and, you know, in this up other game, Dak Prescott, it was all about Josh Allen, the Josh Allen experience. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that that game's definitely going to be uh, – you know, Josh Allen's not going to be able to commit as many turnovers against Kansas City as he has been the last two games because Patrick Mahomes will, you know, light him up in a heartbeat, and they'll be out of that game by halftime. So he has to con- he has to focus and he has to make smart plays. I think he's trying to do too much right now, and it you know it has a lot to do with having no running game too. You know, right now his uh, Zach Moss is hurt, and Sing- Singletary is not really step stepping in and doing the job. So he's having to throw a lot more. Um, John Brown has been hurt, and um you know, good defenses are able to get Stefan Diggs out of the game. And to close it out, we have um, Arizona at Dallas. Um, Andy Dalton's first start as a Dallas Cowboy. Going up against Alan Murray. Andy Dalton doesn't make them better. I mean, they were struggling with Dak Prescott and, you know, Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback. Um, You know, the thing that that is mind boggling is that they give up 155 yards a game on defense. Yeah. That is killer, especially when you're, you know, you're behind and teams are running down your throat and they have the lead. Especially with, you know, with Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray, you know, yeah, all those guys can freaking run it on you. So, like, I, I think Kyler Murray might have a hundred yard rushing game. Same thing with Drake, and you might it might be one of those where you might see Chase, Chase Edmonds. You know, he doesn't get that many plays, but when he does, he tends to have long runs. So he might go out for a big one. Yeah, in this game, I think Andy Dalton's going to be serviceable. We saw what he was able to do with the weapons out in Cincinnati, it may not be efficient and may not be pretty, but he can definitely throw the ball downfield. And when you have, you know, this many weapons available to you, um, you know, we haven't even seen the best of Michael Gallup this season. He's only showed up in one or two games. But when you take a look at Cooper, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke, um, even Wilson showed up. I, I think they're going to have enough offensively to uh, keep up with Arizona, it's just, you know, it's just going to come down to that defense. And, you know, Arizona, they are missing on uh, Jones. He's done for the season, um, unfortunately. But, you know, Arizona definitely has to get it, has to get it turned around as well. Hot start, but they've sort of fizzled last couple of games. Yeah, they struggled against the Jets. Yeah. You know, I think if they would have been playing anybody else, they would have lost last week. But it's the Jets, so, like, you know, I mean, you can't lose. That's true. But, all right, guys, that's our show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Hope you enjoy um, football this weekend and um, Major League Baseball postseason, you know, and until the next one, hope you guys have a great weekend. Later, guys. Have a great one. Remember to vote. Send in those mail-in ballots. Yep. Vote.